that was my song called Wind, which is part of a series which will be going on for the, about the next 20, 30 so podcasts, in which I am revitalizing my old um, songs that I've created, which I have just had an idea, a spontaneous idea, and never carried it through, so now I'm carrying all those 30 ideas for, 30 ideas through. And here is Eric Joshua Berg with Joshua. his response. But, um, okay, uh, oh, just first of all, why is it called wind? Just out of um, curiosity. I think that was, I, I don't know, I created the project, I named it wind, probably for a, one, probably because it summarized the spontaneous idea that I had, but since I've carried that idea through way more, it probably doesn't resemble wind that much. Well, because what I was thinking was, like, how... At first, I thought, when you said this is going to be a series, I thought you were going to talk about a series of elements, because wind is one of the four elements or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. not on the table of elements, but in the original idea of elements. And so I thought, well, that's funny, because this seemed more like Earth, because it was so grounding and mm-hmm. driving. A lot of baseline. Yeah. And that's, like, what I was going to say was what I really liked about it. Like, it had a really awesome baseline. And um, the only thing, like that I think when it wandered away from the baseline is when it got lost, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Like, there were certain points where there were, like, kind of screaming and randomness that didn't really suit the rest of the driving Which, you know, was that the guitar part? No, no, I liked the guitar part. Like, it was a bunch of instruments coming together. It felt very full like that. Mm -hmm. I really liked that. And then there was just one point where I felt kind of lost in the song. Like, it had, I had suddenly changed the radio station and I was listening to a different song for a while. And then it changed back and it was back to the bass. It was just... What part was that? I don't remember. There was like a screaming in there. And oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just felt like it wasn't quite what I was listening to before. Like, I missed the bass line, which mm-hmm. was so so grounding of the song. And, um, yeah, but I really liked it. Like, the whole style of the song, mm-hmm. everything felt very nice and put together mm-hmm. until, like, that point. But, like, how, like, the drums and the bass and everything came together was really nice. It made it sound really good. Cool. Thank you. Um, so this is Joel and I'm now going to read my first poem, which is named One Second. In one second, life begins and ends. The living muse on what to call home, while realizing that they had it all along but still constantly searching. Compulsions mess with minds, people long for their own way, and will fight for it, with a terror that will scare many away. The seconds pass and it subsides, soon to be in imaginary books, but never forgotten. Community forms and continues to give, always digging the well deeper. Discovery occurs, meaning is found, bit by bit, and lost almost instantly, and the cycle continues. The heroes conquer their territory, and get bored, become normal again, and the cycle renews. The seconds mean a lot in the mind of an actor, not much in the mind of a businesswoman, until it's found out that time is more than money. As the seconds pass, the day goes on, never to be forgotten, always to be remembered, until the clock fails, but hope is never lost. So, <clears throat> the reason I wrote that poem was because 
Um, I just had had the idea of like one second and how much there is in one second, how much meaning there is all the time, and how we kind of um, for we kind of forget to look for it and and stuff. And it was kind of inspired by our my acting class, um, which our teacher always gives really good speeches on like the meaning of acting and stuff so and she said like that people are always thinking no matter what like there's thoughts always going through their head so that kind of that inspired me and I wrote this poem Me and Eric were at a philosopher's convention, and we recorded, we were lucky enough to record a conversation between two philosophers about the meaning of life. So, what are we discussing this time, Bob? Well, well, didn't you get the memo? See, it said, quite clearly, quite clearly, that you were supposed to come for the meaning of life convention. Well, I didn't hear what that, did I? Did, well, you were supposed to come in a costume. No. Did, do you see my costume? No. Well, I like your costume. It makes you look very. That hurt. You're, you're not allowed to hear people. You, you were, well, you were a philosopher. That you were a philosopher. The of hey, life hey, in a way. hey, you were a philosopher. Don't confuse philosophers with revolutionaries. Well, that relates to the meaning of life in a very direct way. You see. I think that the meaning of life is actually quite simple. You just have to. You don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to... You don't want to eat people. And you, you don't... You just want to be perfect. Well, that is such a stupid idea, I have to say. Because... Well, really wait, wait. I was not finished yet. You, yes, what I was saying before, you want to, you want to, hmm, hmm, this is a tough question. Well, what I think is the meaning of life is let's, that, let's hear it. seriously, the meaning of life is nothing. You are, it's completely meaningless. It's no point in life at all. You definitely no point in our existence. Well, generally, we are just a pointless waif that are battling it out. For it doesn't matter what you do, and if there's no point consulting the meaning of life. Well, I can respect that since I am a very I adhere to my meaning of life principle, which says, do not get angry at anybody. Well, I guess we're agreed then. Except for that yours is completely idiotic, because... Well, well, is, because it's completely, wait, it, it's completely meaningless. It, I thought you were supposed to angry. Hold it. <laughs> you see... I don't like it when other people's opinion differs from mine. That's another one of my meaning of life principles. I don't like it. That nobody... How to live life, you cannot disagree with anybody. 
for I have to adhere to your meaning of wife too. Yes. Well, that is. No, it. no, you do not. Fine. Just joking. Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're completely idiotic. Like, there is no possible meaning to wife. Why would we put here if we are not controlled in some specific we way? We will put here to love hey, one another. No, don't slap me. Take, no. Put away the baseball bat. Put it away. No. No. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do uh, that. It's, it's, oh, sorry. Oh, oh well, uh, well, thank you very much. You cleared up my speech. You didn't screw up my speech. See, it was impossible to screw up my speech with my... I'm a completely changed man. You have to be completely perfect. That's what I believe. Well, that's very good. I'm All you proud need is a baseball you. bat and a perfect life. I'm proud that's of you. That's the meaning of life. Baseball bats I'm and perfect lives. I'm proud of you, my boy. Proud of you. You too, mate. Proud of you, my boy. Uh, now here's a poem I, Eric, wrote, um, it is called Eulogy for Yesterday, but it's not the whole poem, because there's other parts to it. This is part two. Here go. Eulogy for Yesterday, part two. Flippant shot through the heart of the night, heard like celebration guns, or exaltation runs, never the thought of deflation in our minds. For we fought for the dreams of the homeless people, and won, so now they dream on the streets without a fine and tip parking meters to check the time. And we loved the rocket ships that left us for Mars and cheese, although we never had a heart for the astronauts, we had the stomach for spaceships and parking lots. And our dreams of grandeur died on that first line, the forefront died first, lucky them, we endured moments of broken dreams. But our skin will dry in the sun, and all our painted faces will crack to reveal the broken mirrors below. And the wanderers that came upon us in the middle of the night understood we all disappear when there's no one to look at us. But the drivers came back with passenger seats and aliens, and ushered us into a new day, or after all, a yesterday, we never stopped dreaming about, but long since stopped thinking about. And now we scratch at the quotes on our arms, and paint over the dreams on the wall crying for a eulogy for yesterday. Uh, so that was the poem, and I, I guess it's fairly short, and it's just like, I kinda write a lot of my poetry now without even like, uh, thinking, I just like write, like I feel more about the feeling of the poem I'm trying to give, so this one was written um, during school, I can't remember which class, and I just wrote it down as fast as I could, because, like, uh, I needed to write that feeling down, and this is how I wrote it. These are the words that came out. So, um, like, and I think the feeling is kind of like a, uh, it, it's just like an idea of, um, crying for, like, a new time that was really, like, an old time. And I don't know if that makes much sense. Like, um, like, looking for, 
it's kind of like nostalgia, but not even. Like, it's you want something better and new now. And that's kind of the feeling that I'm trying to give off. And I've written other parts to it, and I'm trying to make it like it, like it's a longer, um, big body of work for me. And here's uh, that was part two of it. And it's probably the poetry I'm most proud of right now. Simon and Garfunkel. And here's a song by them. deserted station, restless in anticipation, a man waits in the shadows. His restless eyes leap and scratch at all that they can touch or catch. Hidden deep within his pocket, safe within his silent socket, he holds his colored crayon. Now from the tunnel's stony moon, the carriage rides to meet the groom and opens wide and welcome doors, but he hesitates, then withdraws deeper in the shadow. And the train is gone suddenly, on wheels clicking silently, like a gently tapping litany, and he holds his crayon rosary. Tighter in his hand Now from his pocket quick he flashes The crayon on the wall he slashes Deep upon the advertising A single word and phone comprise of four letters And his heart is laughing, screaming, pounding The foam across the tracks rebounding Shadowed by the exit light His legs take their ascending flight To seek the breast of darkness And be suckled by the night That was um, a poem on the underground wall. By, By Simon and Garfunkel. Very right, Joel. Paul Simon and Art, Art Garfunkel. Garfunkel, actually. So, um, Joel, how did you first get into Simon and Well, um, I think you got a C- one of their CDs for Christmas, right? No, wait. Sounds of Silence. Bridge Over Troubled Water. Bridge Over Troubled Water. Water. Right. You got that for Christmas? Yep. And I got it on my computer because of that. And then I put it on my iPod because you did, sort of. Mm -hmm. And I eventually listened to it and I really liked it. Cool. And yeah. That's cool. That was how I first got into them. Was it? Yeah. Cool. Wait, actually... In great, an earlier occurrence, probably earlier than you've ever heard of it, probably earlier before you've been born. Uh-huh. Um, in grade three, um, my grade three teacher, 
we one of my friends name was Cecilia and my grade three teacher Miss Bakto which was a really awesome teacher she would always sing like like Cecilia yeah you're breaking my heart and so it was pretty it was pretty cool that's awesome she didn't sing the later parts of it though no yeah <laughs> we'll stay away from that whole section um, um how did you get started with Simon and Garfunkel Eric well I first um it's in the Garden State soundtrack only living boy in New York and that song I really, really liked. So yeah. I kind of wanted to listen to more of them, but I didn't really. And I told my parent, and um, I had a, uh, I wasn't sure. I was, I might be getting a uh, iTunes music gift certificate. So I was already looking through um, things, so, uh, people I wanted. And Simon and Garfunkel was one that really stood out. And my friend had been telling me about them a lot. So I was like, hmm, I really want to check this out. And so um, it turned out I got it for Christmas. And then, uh, that, and then I was like, sweet, I don't need to download it. And so I downloaded some others, but I, I listened to that one a lot and I really liked it. And then I got, um, some more albums, mm -hmm. uh, all the rest actually. How did you do that? Um, you got them for me. How did I do that? Illegal methods. Yes. And, um, and so we listened to those and, um, I really enjoyed them, and I think you enjoyed them as I well. I enjoyed them a lot. Good. So, hmm. So, wait, how did they get started, sort of? I actually am not quite sure. On um, I just know on Wednesday morning, 3 a.m., they t they did this whole uh, they um, that was their first album, and then I think people realized how much potential they had, and like. But they're kind of more um, they're a bit more of an underrated band. Oh, definitely. Like people often like don't. Like, they're left out when you hear about, like, people talking about the real folk classics, like Bob Dylan and that. They totally miss uh, miss out on, um, they just skip over Simon and Garfunkel, who are really influential and smart and, like, thoughtful in all their lyrics and their, uh, and they had really good music and everything. So, mm -hmm. you, yeah. Hmm. So, uh, what's your favorite song, album, both? Um, I'd say my favorite album would probably be, um, either... Bridge Over Troubled Water or Parsley Sage Rosemary in Time. Probably Parsley Sage Rosemary in Time, but um, it's probably, it'll probably change sometime. But I don't know, I really like it because it just flows really well. Sort of like the Beatles' White Album. But what, what's your favorite album? Oh, my favorite song would probably be, I don't really have a favorite song. What's, what's your favorite album and or song and or both? Oh, um, I really like the, uh, uh, Parsley Sager's Marion Time album. And, like, because every song on it is, like, really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, favorite song? I'd have to, s I don't know, like, the one we just played is one of my favorites. And there's also Homeward Bound and, uh. Yeah, that's a very good song. And A Simple Desultory Philippic. What's your least favorite like song? Oh. Um. <coughs> uh, maybe some something on a like bookends or sounds sounds. They're kind of just like yeah songs, you know. Mm -hmm. Or um, there's some on a uh when Wednesday morning three a.m. Like, but that's their first album, so they're kind of a little shaky, but really good still. All mm -hmm. their music. So um.
Why do you like Simon and Garfunkel? Um, they're, 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 well, they sound really good, which is a good thing to be in music, a good thing to, a good attribute to have in, if you're in the music in business, industry, world. <laughs> Definitely, you want to sound good. Um, they're... They're, yeah, they just sound really good. Their lyrics are really good, although I probably haven't paid, listened to them long enough to actually pay attention a lot to the lyrics, but from what I've heard, they're really good. Like, mm. it's kind of more like artsy-fartsy poetic stuff. Not artsy-fartsy, but it's more poetic. Artsy-fartsy no, poetic stuff. No, I didn't say stuff. that. I didn't say that. Um, I don't know, it's kind of more... But, I don't know, I really like it. Like. Yeah. I like what, um. It is poetic, you have to admit. Uh, yeah. Just, it's the whole artsy-fartsy thing that catches me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they're, like, two little emo childs. <laughs> they're artsy-fartsy, and they're, like, two little emo childs. That's <laughs> what Simon and Garfunkel really is. They can put that on their next album. With uh, when they advertise it, we're artsy fartsy <laughs> and we're two little emo childs. Yeah, but no, they're always talking about like, like they're always like reading like poetry books and stuff. So it's kind of like, ah, uh, one way of looking at it, definitely. But that could just be my phobia of poetry. I could be that. Um, yeah. So why do, why do you like Simon? Or wait, yeah, why do you like Simon and Garfunkel? I think, like, it's their sound and their lyrics. Like, their lyrics are really, uh... Yeah. Th like, thoughtful like that. And, um, they're very artsy-fartsy. And, uh... Um... Uh... I think Linda was telling me about, um... Linda Thiessen-Weeb. If you want to know her full name. Very good. Was telling, was telling me that somebody had said, um... That, uh... They, they're like... T.S. Eliot put to music almost, and is I really like that. T.S. Eliot, a poet. Yeah, he's a really big poet, and um, I really like that because they are very poetic, and you can tell they're poets. They're not just like I don't know, like um, their writing is very. There's a lot of thought put into it, which I really like because then it's like you want to listen to what they're saying. You don't want to just listen to their music, even though it's really good. So, and also I like how their music is like really simple. You, you feel like it's just two guys playing whatever they want to play. It feels very close when you listen to it. Like it's very interesting, but very like, I don't know. Tight. Yeah, and like minimalist, despite it probably, they probably have tons of instruments. Like they include probably drums and basses and guitars and other guitars. But it sounds really things. unified. Right, and like. Which is also a good attribute to have if you're in musical. Right, like it's really, I don't know, it just, it, it, it feels like it gels, everything that like works together. Like nothing stands out above anything else, like yeah. if you listen to it as just acoustic guitar, it would be fantastic, and if you listen to it as just, um, as just poetry, it would be just as good. Like yeah. it's so, it, it just works really well, both ways. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So that is Simon, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. Do they have middle names? Uh, I'm sure they do. I do not know them. Want to make them up? Uh, 
Okay, oh. there. Paul Simon. His new name, middle name is Paul. Paul Wall Simon. And uh, Art Elizabeth Garfunkel. Yep. So if you haven't heard of them, we suggest you check them out. And also, uh, Paul Simon had a very good solo career. If you want to listen to any of his music as well. Good idea. Fantastic. Um. Or inspired by Bob Dylan, so if you like Bob Dylan, you'd probably like some. They're more Garfunkel. gentle than Bob Dylan, as yeah, artsy fartsy as that sounds. They're still potheads. Yes, despite their little emo childness. So um, check them out. They're really good if you like that music. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enjoy. Listen yep. to Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, and if you have any suggestions, we have got, yeah, we have got we two have gotten suggestions. two suggestions, three suggestions actually. Three. Van, Mor- Van Morrison, Mark mm-hmm. Knopfler. Slash Mark Knopfler. Or both. We might do both. And Super Champ. Yep. Th- thank you for to Linda Thiessen Weeb and of Cal Winnipeg, Weeb. Manitoba. And Cal Weeb of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Canada. Thank thank you to those people who have given suggestions. It really helps us out. Gives us definitely send us some more. Um, Featheredtar at gmail.com. Or ericb at shaw.ca. We've repeated these so many times. I'm sure you know them by now. If you're a regular listener, you can also just go to our website. We'll have our emails there if you want to contact us. Yeah. Thank you very much.